This Wicked Chops podcast is brought to you by Ember Gaming, a platform with a plan. Visit www.embergaming.com. Now tuned into the greatest. Welcome to the, and I'll just seat it, I'll seat it. The old G and Chops podcast on Wicked Chops Poker. Are you happy, Gavin? I'm very happy, thank you. Are you happy? It's a birthday present to you. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you very much. 45 today. Nolan, did you know Gavin turned 45 today? He turned 14 today? (laughs) (laughs) My maturity level goes down, not up. (laughs) But we have joining us Nolan Dalla. First time, I think, ever on a Wicked Chops podcast. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's about time. I've been trying to get on the show for 20 years. I finally got on. Yeah. Well, you'd say we only get people on that win things. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before we uh, before we went live with this, we were talking about uh, football, and we're going to talk a lot about football today. But uh, we were talking about, uh, I guess, some wins and losses over the years, and maybe more on the losses than the wins. Uh, no one. We know you like to bet football. How's it gone for you over the last 20 or 30 years? Uh, for the last 20 or 30 years, I made my first NFL bet uh, on, the, on Super Bowl five. It was January of 1971. I was uh, eight years old. <laughs> and I, I bet $1 on the Dallas Cowboys even against the Baltimore Colts. Jim O'Brien came in last second, kicked a, I can still tell a bad beat story, kicked, okay. uh, kicked a last second field goal. The Colts won 16-13. The neighborhood bully came to my house to collect his one dollar. One dollar. This is some NFL talk with Nolan. Uh, we were t- we, we've been talking a lot of 80s wrestling. Uh, as Gavin and I are both big 80s wrestling f- fans, we've done a, a poll on Wicked Chops to identify the best 80s wrestling intro theme song. Uh, Real American Hulk Hogan is still leading the way, uh, just barely over the Road Warriors and Ric Flair now. But Nolan, I hear you have kind of an unconventional favorite 80s wrestler. Who is it? Oh yes, I have this wrestling wrestling fetish. It actually goes into the 1970s, so so this kind of bleeds into the 80s a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think you I think you have to like Andre the Giant, you know. And there's there's a, a certain a lot of, there's a lot of there's a lot of great wrestlers from that era. Uh, uh, superstar Billy Graham was one of my yeah. favorites. He was a bad guy. Oh, yeah. But my my favorite of all time, favorite of all time, was named Ivan Putski. This was a gentleman who, who was allegedly, I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen, okay? He was allegedly a concentration camp survivor. Ooh, that's and a, that's a gimmick. In the 70s, he, would, he was so lovable, he would, he, he didn't ever want to hurt anybody, and he would come and kiss and squeeze his opponents to death, or to, to, to submission, and they'd collapse on the mat, and, and he'd win. He never wanted to hurt anybody. And that was his stick, was Ivan Putski was... Just this incredible wrestler from, I think, the 70s and early in the early 80s. 
What? That's not a... That's a odd... So, instead of beating the guy up, you just hugged him and kissed him and told submission? Yeah, he... he would, would never it sounds like a Friday night for Gavin. Was, was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so that sounds like a oh. Friday night. Yeah, all the bad guys would try to, you know, pull chairs out of the audiences and these, you know, these flimsy metal chairs. You remember how much noise they would make? Oh, yeah. And the chairs would, would hop over the top of Ivan Putsky's head. He wouldn't feel a thing. He'd turn around try to kiss and hug the, 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 the bad guy, get him into a love grip, and then the, the guy would pass out from because he couldn't breathe, and ding, 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 and then the, the, the match was over, and Ivan Putski was the winner. I mean, it was just... Yeah, no, please, don't don't talk about, please don't talk about flimsy chairs or anything like that, because <laughs> Chop still thinks wrestling's real. It's true. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the realest form of sport I can think of. Oh, the professional wrestling. So, Nolan... Uh, NFL season starts tomorrow, or actually, I guess, as we air this today, but, uh, you've, you're, you're, tomorrow. you are a big, uh, you are a big futures better. So where do you see some value? Uh, who, who are you targeting this year? Where are you putting the your last money down? Minute, yeah, the last minute, I, first of all, a, a real quick uh, overview on this is that if you look at season win totals. There are always about six or seven more wins. If you add up all the wins of every single NFL team, there's about six or seven more than than there are wins available. Is, and all the sports books, all the sports books do that. They don't even out the win totals. No, and the reason is is because people, uh, when they come to Las Vegas, particularly, they like to bet for their favorite team. Sure. People from San Diego will bet for the Chargers or the Cowboys or from Dallas or the Giants if they're from New York. This is just the way it goes. So they always shade it up a little bit. So I always like to go, I always like to look, first of all, unders on teams. My best bet on the entire card is Tampa Bay under seven and a half games. I don't see, and I'd like to hear Gavin and Josh, your opinion on this. That is that is the fourth best team in a very tough division that contains Atlanta, probably a 10 or 11 win team. New Orleans, probably a 10 or 11 win team. And Carolina, probably eight or nine win team. And now, what, uh, Tampa Bay has to go eight and eight for that over to cash. I love the under, which is seven and a half. I say go under. How is that team any better than the three teams ahead of it? That's, that's interesting. I'll, I'll chime in on this one first, if you don't mind, Gavin, because I follow the NFC South as a Falcons fan and a guy from Atlanta. So very familiar with the conference. And Tampa Bay's gotten a lot of buzz this year. Uh, it's supposedly a, a team that some people, I think, might uh, overperform. Uh, uh, over the win total. And I even read earlier today a, a column from Bill Barnwell. I don't know, Gavin, if you ever met Bill. He was friends with uh, with Eric, uh, with E-Dog. But, uh, and I think he even did some analysis with, with E-Dog. But uh, I, I think Bill had been up on uh, Tampa Bay as well. My take on Tampa Bay, Nolan, is that they've got the worst quarterback in the conference. And the NFL has become such a quarterback-driven league that that really matters a lot. So, yeah, you've got a, an Atlanta team with, with Matt Ryan that is consistently putting up 10 or 11 wins. Drew Brees, best quarterback in the conference. They're going to rebound this year. Carolina with a great defense and probably an improving Cam Newton. So there's not an, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Nolan. I think it's going to be close. To go with the worst quarterback in the conference, they also have the best running back in the conference. And – I mean, I think that's pretty important, and, the, and I don't think that, I don't think it matters so much if you have the worst quarterback in the conference. I think it matters whether or not your quarterback is competent. Because let's face it, Joe Flacco is not the best quarterback anywhere. He was the best quarterback in the playoffs. I mean, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. I'd be. I, I'd be. I would not be a Raven fan if 
if, if I had a bit and they signed Joe Flacco to the contract they did. Because I think he's a very average quarterback. I think you can survive in the NFL with an average quarterback. I mean, there's only four or five elite quarterbacks in the entire NFL anyways. But Joe Flacco, if you just want to go on the Joe Flacco route, he had a perfect postseason. So even if you would, and I'll give you, he's probably not at the elite level, top five level guy for sure. But he was the number one guy in the playoffs when it mattered last year, which is, which is why they won. Uh, and I why mean, they went I to the mean, Super Bowl. I mean, the bottom line is, is that you're, we're, we're all like looking at the thing, and, 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 and in sports, in every sport, it's defense that wins and, and defense that loses. I mean, offense is not nearly as important as the defense in, in just about any sport. I don't know, Nolan. What's your take on uh, the running back being more important? Uh, they've got the I, best I running just, back. I, just don't, I don't agree with Gavin there. I think the game, is, the game has fundamentally changed. The NFL is a passing. It's a passing. Uh, it's a passing game now. It is not the 1970s and 80s when defense won championships. That's simply not true anymore. You know, if you look at the, the powerhouse teams, you know the teams that have been the best over the past, say, five, ten years. The Saints never a good defense. The, nope. the Patriots never particularly a, a great defense. The Giants again outscoring people when they were winning Super Bowls. Yep. I mean, I mean, it, this is not the Chicago Bears or the Pittsburgh Steelers of the old days. The defense no longer. You, you know. I agree that I agree with Gavin on one point that you can win with an average quarterback. It's important that the quarterback does not make mistakes. Right. In other words, he doesn't have to necessarily throw for 400 yards a game, but he can't he can't be turning the ball over with sacks and certainly with interceptions. I think I think Josh Freeman is at, 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 at best an average quarterback. Here's here's the problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers though. That's that's not that good of a team uh, defensively or or, or 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 the rest of the team. Uh, uh, either. Also, that, that team lost six of its last seven games going down the stretch. I think one thing you look at when you look at futures, how did the team close last season? Did they end on a high note? Did they win six or seven in a row? No, Tampa Bay did just the opposite. They slid, they got worse as the season went along, and now they're projected to go 500 in a brutally tough division. Playing, the N- playing an NFC West schedule, too. They're playing uh, the, all the NFC West teams, too, I believe. Right, three, three of those teams are probably 500 or better. Certainly two of the best teams in the NFL are in that division as well, meaning obviously San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, uh, St. Louis is, is certainly capable of being a 500 team. They were 7-9 last year. And Arizona's Arizona, but you know they could certainly win 5 or 6. So I don't, I don't see how Tampa's going to be favored in any of those games unless they're hosting uh, maybe Arizona. Uh, and another thing, Nolan, with them too, is you mentioned that they had uh, lost – six of the last seven games, I think, uh, to close out the season. And a lot of that, I thought, was them tuning out and almost quitting on their first-year coach last year. Uh, if that if that is a trend that carries over uh, just not really embracing the coach, uh, that could be another issue that submarines the season. Yeah, absolute agreement there. Apparently the players are not quite bought in the system, not a lot of leadership on the team, tough division, fairly tough schedule. Uh, a team on a downslide, and, and, and again, the key number here is seven, listen to me carefully, seven and a half. If the total is seven, I'm not making this bet. This team could go seven and nine. It's possible. A couple of breaks. Is this team going to go eight and eight? I think a hell of a lot of things would have to go wrong for its opponents, and a lot of things would have to go right that I just don't see happening in Tampa Bay. Like, there's a better chance if you win in a poker tournament than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going eight and <laughs> Pretty much. There was a day when I was as good a poker player as Gavin Smith. Gavin, is that true? Uh, I think it was right before I started learning the game, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
servers ever since we're holding together, chops. So, yeah, you cut out there, Gavin. What'd you say? It was before. Nolan and I used to play 1530 limit holding together. Really? We're in Vegas? At Foxwoods. At Foxwoods. Okay. That's uh, that's some history. So I knew Gavin before he was he was infamous. When did you guys meet? How long are we talking? Nineties? Uh, mid nineties, I'm thinking. In fact, it's really funny, Chops. I'm glad you asked that because a lot of uh, a lot of the players that, that came out of that that, that era or that, that area in, in in New England and in Atlantic City, and Gavin, of course, was living in Canada at the time, and I was living in Washington D.C. So we used to play all the you know East Coast uh, Northeast uh, poker bits, and this is before the poker boom. So all the Holden players knew each other. Every only every Holden player out of New York, Boston. Toronto, which is the area that Gavin's in, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia. All the Holden players, there were probably 300 of them. Total, I'd say, maybe two or 300. And we all knew each other. Wow. And we all knew each other's style and all that. Now, of course, it's, you know, now there's hundreds of thousands right. out there, so it's not the same thing. But, you know, in a way, Gavin Smith and, I guess, myself to a lesser extent, were pioneers that, that really, I think, helped take the game, uh, you know, grow it in, in that area. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to uh, question Nolan's credentials on, uh, on being a pioneer in poker or an influencer. So I uh, agree with you on that. So NFL, uh, other other big, I guess, bets that you're looking at, other big wagers that you're putting down this year, Nolan. What else do you have? Uh, real, real quick, on the futures, real quick, uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens, eight and a half. I say go over. Baltimore's not going to fall that badly. This team's still got the nucleus of a pretty good team. Very well-coached team. This team's not going to fall to 8-8 or worse. I say they win 9 or 10 games, go over on Baltimore. Indianapolis Colts totally also... Totally yeah, let's, totally let's talk disagree. about Baltimore real quick, because I'm not so sure about that either. I feel like, uh, well, maybe some of the players they lost on defense were aging and not as contributing as... as uh, I guess maybe what they could be bringing in. I still feel like there's a lot of uncertainty on defense for a team that specifically was known uh, and its identity was its defense. You don't think that's going to be an issue to rebuild? Uh, Gavin, take that one, and I'll, I'll come in after you. I mean, I, I just, I just, don't, I, I just think that that as much as I can't stand the man, Ray Lewis was the absolute heart and soul of that team, and I think you cannot take that guy away from that team and expect them to perform. I also think that Joe Flacco is a below-average quarterback who has um, way outperformed his, his actual talent. And I think uh, I think he's going to come back to playing the way Joe Flacco is going to play. And, you know, he, he's going to be... I think, I think the, the, the most of the pressure of Baltimore's results fall on Ray Rice, and I think that's a, a lot of pressure to put on one pe- person. You, you, know, you know what team in the NFL has the best record over the last five seasons? And by the way, since Harbaugh took over as head coach, that's five years. Take a guess. The Ravens. It's the it's Baltimore Ravens, okay? It's the yeah. Baltimore Ravens, who, who, by the way, who, by the way, have never, have never really had that much talent. That's the whole point. Yeah, out, out of those five years, how those five years that Ray Lewis played? I agree. Yeah, well, well, right. this, this is no longer a defensive-oriented team. You, you are living in the past, Gavin, and, and so are you, Chops. No, 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 because no, 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 Ray, Ray Lewis was not just a defensive player for that team. Ray Lewis was everything for that team. Ray Lewis raised their emotion. He raised their heart. He, he raised their desire. He was he was a leader beyond leaders. You can't lose a guy like that and be 
and and not be effective. Yeah, during- but he was he was pretty awful on the defensive side of the uh, even during the Super Bowl. They were 49ers were just absolutely coming at him, and he couldn't do anything about it. I mean, he, I understand the emotional impact that he can bring to a team, and I'm not going to deny that. But his on the field performance dipped a lot. Well, I want to remind you, gentlemen, that the, this is all about the market and what's the market sure. saying. If this line is nine and a half or ten, yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm not saying they're going to win eleven or twelve games. The line is eight and a half. You're telling me they're going to go from a Super Bowl champion team to, to eight and eight or worse? I said it's happened a lot, though. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen a lot, usually because of injuries and other things. First of all, this team. They're still maybe the best team in that division. Who's better? Pittsburgh is not as good a team as people think they are. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is probably right there with Baltimore, maybe. Cleveland is improving, but not there yet. Baltimore is still probably, arguably, the division favorite, in my view. Hey, now, Nolan, do you, team is well, you, you, you do understand that Baltimore, Baltimore, you're looking on their win total over a 15-game season because they don't have a snowball's chance in hell of beating my Broncos tomorrow. <laughs> well, the, 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 the line obviously agrees you at eight and a half or nine points. Um... You know, I, I, I understand. And by the way, the, the Broncos, we can agree, win that division by default. Is there anybody in that in the AFC West can, can, can possibly challenge the no. Broncos there? No, it's, the, it's all the Broncos. Even though I, I do think Kansas City is going to be vastly improved and, and potentially a playoff team. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Nolan, right, what do you think? Me. You don't think Kansas City is going to be vastly improved? For me or Gavin? That's for you, Nolan. For you. I, I, I think that I think that's a, I think that's a, a team headed in the right direction. I think the line on them is what seven and a half or eight? I forgot the number. It's um, uh, it's seven to seven and a half. Okay, so that, that's a lot to ask a first-year coach coming in with a brand new system. Alex Smith really impressed me. You know, you're asking too much too soon. Are they headed in the right direction? Will they be a good team eventually? Yes. Are they going to turn it around in one season? Um, I'm not so sure about that. However, when you've got the Chargers twice on your schedule and the Raiders twice, you know, that's potentially four wins right there. So yep. I, 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 I can't argue with, with, with some of the things you're, you're saying. But, uh, no, I, I do – I'm with uh, Gavin. I guess I'm with you on the on the Broncos. Vegas has the Broncos tapped as the Super Bowl favorite right now. Nolan, are the Broncos your Super Bowl favorite? Uh, no, no, they're not. I, I, think, I think in the NFC – Either, the, either San Francisco or Seattle are both better teams all around than the Broncos. By the way, the Broncos, I think, are one, you know, one, one what is it, rotator cuff tear away from being a 500 team. I oh, mean, Big sure. Manning goes down. I want you to know right now, Nolan, I want you to know this right now, and I'm letting the entire world know this. If Peyton Manning tears his rotator cuff this season, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you should not have put that out there. <laughs> well, again, 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 he's now another year older. I mean, great work ethic. Uh, are, are, by the way, Gavin, are you a little bit worried about Peyton Manning? I mean, you know, it's it's this isn't you know, it's, again, it's not 2008 anymore here. The man's what 36 no, 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 years I think, old. I think he's, I think he's fine. I, I just wish he'd learn how to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it, it's I, pretty I don't tough. think he's healthy even a, even a question mark. I think last year it was a question mark, and I think he proved that he's he's still very durable. He still can throw the ball. He still thinks the game better than anybody else. And, uh, no, I'm not worried at all about Peyton Manning. I love having him as my quarterback. In fact, I drafted him in my uh, fantasy pool this week. 
Well, let me say this, that I, I, I can't argue with anything you said uh, there, but if you're saying, are they the Super Bowl favorite, if you were to play on a neutral field, a neutral field, and line the Denver Broncos up against the following teams, would they be favored? Would they be favored over San Francisco? I think they're a slight dog there. Seattle, probably a slight dog as well. Atlanta Falcons, maybe also. Uh, New England, maybe also. They're a dog there. I'm not so sure. I'm not saying they're, they're vastly inferior. I just don't think they're clearly a favorite over, say, those four or five teams. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a homer, so I'm gonna. I'm obviously going to disagree with you. I think the Broncos are the favorite. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and I think I'm going to laugh in your face. And I'm going to be very happy again. If, uh, if by the way, if by the way can I ask Gavin a question? Yeah. And, and this is quite serious. I, I, you know, I like John Fox, and I like what he's done. I like what he did in Carolina. Defensive-oriented coach and not... Not a lot of pizzazz, so it's a nice balance having Peyton Manning, you know, uh, under center now. But that, that was such a, a horrific boondoggle of a defensive scheme that where, yeah. they, where they let that, that last play, you know, happen. Uh, does that wor- worry you a little bit that that team's not quite making yeah, as good a coach? I, 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 don't, I, I, I did not like the play calling at the time. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I guess mistakes happen. I mean, you, you, I don't think – I think Matt Fox is a pretty decent coach, and I think uh, I think he screwed up or whoever was – whoever Excuse was me, Gavin. Do you, think, do you think that would happen on a Bill Belichick coach team? I don't care what you think of Belichick. Yeah, but, like, there's nobody – Bill, Bill Belichick's the best coach in the, in the world, by, and it's not even very close. I mean, like, so I don't think that's fair just to compare, you know. I think it would happen with an Andy Reid coach team. It would happen with an Andy Reid coach team. I'll give him that. But uh, Nolan, so if, if you're not high on the Broncos for the Super Bowl, you're you're with the 49ers, you think? The Seahawks? Who, who do you personally oh, like? Oh no, uh, Chaps, I, I didn't mean to suggest that. I'm just saying that there's no clear-cut favorite. And this sure. is going to sound rather rude, and I don't mean it to sound this way. My favorite NFL team is the team I bet on. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really. I mean, I, I like certain teams, certain, certain players, and all that. But really, when I think when you when you bet seriously, and I know you guys do too, but I, I you know I, I don't really I love the game, but I don't really have a rooting interest like. Gee, I hope this team wins. I like New Orleans, I guess, maybe because I have family and stuff there. But, uh, but, but you know, it's not. It, you know, there's some sentimental attachment to that team. But it's it's not as though uh, I think this is. It, it doesn't really matter. It's so irrelevant. It's kind of like college football when they put out their Sports Illustrated cover in September. Sure. Who gives a? Can I use the word the S word here? Oh yeah. Who gives a whatever on, on who's the, the preseason favorite, the AP or the coaches poll? Who cares? None of this stuff matters at all in September. I think we. I think you had somebody agreeing with you in the background at Gavin's. Yeah. No, I agree. I, although I, I do think though in September, I think September is the key month in the NFL. These teams that jump out to slow starts are just screwed. Yeah. So I, I, I think preparation and training camp is, is probably way needed because I think getting off to a fast start is, is super super important. So so Nolan, do you do you bet on uh, college football too? Well, I do, but I think that, again, if, if, um, if, if you're living in Las Vegas as Gavin, well, we all three live here, but uh, you know, I think that the thing is the, that there's such an intensity of, of sports talk and information that flows around this town, especially during football season, that you've got to be cautious because you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of crap and you've got to be able to tune out some of that stuff. And if you're in a sports book, just because somebody, the guy walks up you hit, Eddie in line bets 5000 on the game. doesn't mean he knows any more than the guy who's betting $50. I'm quite serious about that. Sure. I mean, I know a lot of people that bet small that are pretty darn good and vice versa. So so I think the key is on, say, college or pros or whatever, I think the important thing to winning is not necessarily capping the games yourself and trying to outperform the market, which I'm not sure can be done anymore. 
I think the thing is, is to surround yourself, if you can, with, with smart people, people you trust, people you can bounce ideas off of. And, and, and for a while, actually, I, I was beating sports fairly well, not because I'm the smartest guy, but because I, I, I surrounded myself with people smarter than me. And I'm whenever they would give me a game, say a, Mac, a, Mac, uh, a MAC conference or a, uh, you know, a Pac-10 game or, or, or whatever, I, I don't know where Ball State is. Okay, I guess in Indiana, right? I don't know where, where uh, Xavier basketball team Cincinnati. I, I don't know that much about these teams. I can't name any offensive players on Army. But when somebody says take Army plus 12 that I trust, I'm going to the window. I'm going to bet Army. See, that's that, that's where I think that that's the key here is not trying to do all the work yourself, but maybe specializing in one or two areas and then getting other people you trust and trusting their judgment. I think that's the way you win. Yeah, Chops, let me tell you a little something here, though. I, I used to trust a guy named Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this guy, Troy... He came up with this brilliant system that he told me about that uh, in the first round of the NCAA, uh, you know, the basketball tournament. If in the first round you, I can't remember if it was either all the favorites or all the dogs, but if you bet them all, you're going to win money. And I did what he told me, and I didn't win money. It who was is, a lie. Who is this Troy, who is this Troy fellow you're talking about? Troy Nolan Dollar. Nolan Dollar. Troy, well, he's, 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 being, he's being funny, and, and, and let me say this, that, you know, these systems that, that, are, that are around, they don't work every year, because if they did, everybody would pounce on them, and, and um, uh, you know, there, there's another system, like, how many bowl games are there now? There's like 25 college bowl games. They're ridiculous. They got Weed Eater Bowl, and Toilet Bowl, and, you know, all this nonsense, and nobody cares, nobody cares about these bowl games, the gamblers. But a system going for a while that didn't won for six, six straight years... Was, was to bet uh, uh, the dog on the money line. Bet every college bulldog on the money line. You're getting plus 350, plus 480, plus 210. And what happened is you, you would produce a, you'd produce a profit over a long run. Of course, I did that the one year, and I go something like, I don't know, one and, you know, I, forgot, I go six and 22 or something like that, you know. But what I, here, here's what's funny. Here's what's funny, gentlemen. And then the next year, I said, well, screw that, right? I'm not going to do that again. And then, then, of course, it wins the next year. Of course. So it won seven out of six or out of seven years. So what I'm suggesting is you can't look at these things in a very small spectrum. you got to look at the long run. Now, Nolan, with the amount of data that's out there and available for people to analyze, do you think that Vegas has gotten a lot sharper on setting the lines? There's less to exploit now for just the average better? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to say something, gentlemen, and you can – Violently disagree with me if you like. I'm glad we're not seeing each other because I'm sure there'd be weapons to be coming out. So, uh, I, my my opinion is this: I, th I, th I think sports betting, generally speaking, is 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 almost unbeatable, and particularly particularly sides betting, particularly sides betting, uh, football, NFL. Those NFL sidelines are are tough. The market is just too good now, and if, it, if there's something out of out of whack, a point or two, it gets hammered. It gets hammered into. By the time the public gets this line, it's tough to beat. Here's where I think you can make money betting football. It's on the propositions, first quarters, first half, second halves, I think are a marvelous, marvelous opportunity. You're getting the benefit of watching 30 minutes of football, and all of a sudden the line makers have to throw up a line in 10 minutes, actually more than like 90 seconds. they got to make a line off the top of their head in many cases, and you've got the benefit of 30 minutes of football, and you get, get to make a second half wager. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, 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 
and, and if particularly you know, if you're really this is this is where you really make some money. If you're what if you're really a specialist in college basketball, there is no way some guy in the Caribbean who's making a line for whatever website or a guy that's working for William Hill or whoever it is watching some obscure college basketball game. Long Beach State is playing. Uh, let's just make this up. The University of San Diego. It's eleven o'clock at night. It's a second half of a game. Do you think that there's a lot of time spent on this, this second half? Of the, but if you know those teams and the propensity of the second half play on those teams, believe me, you have an advantage. That's what I'm saying. You've got to specialize and then go with your, you know, go with the knowledge. Because I guarantee you, if you follow a certain area, first quarter's of this, second half's of that, whatever the speciality is, or a conference or a team or a division, if you, if you cannot think the line maker uh, uh, and win. I believe that. I, I know that in, the, in my history of sports betting uh, in college football, I have lost the most money uh, on University of Hawaii games because that's, <laughs> because that's the get-even game. <laughs> Second half of Hawaii games. <laughs> yeah, that's the get-even game, you know. Where, you I, know bet, I bet, I bet, I bet five thousand dollar bets. That was my max on on, on second half of Hawaii. But well, of course, you have five thousand for the rest of the day. Many, many times. <laughs> Nolan, here's a, something I'm curious about. Uh, Brandon Lang, if you're familiar with Brandon Lang. Sure. Uh, once, who I don't even know if he's even allowed to be uh, in the handicapping business anymore, but they made a movie about him. Uh, and Matthew McConaughey played him. So it's, and he was on Raw Vegas. And he was on Raw Vegas, so it's credible enough. But Brandon once told me that uh, the secret to making money on betting football was find out where all the public money is going and then bet against the public money. What do you think about that? Uh, in, in general, I agree with that. I, I, I believe, in, I, I, you know, in stock market, the term is called contrarianism. Sure. You know, it's essentially, you know, watch. And I don't, I don't, I don't just, I don't really know the market stuff that well. But there's this guy named Kramer. You know, I'm talking about yep. on the stocks. Uh huh. Well, you know, there's a lot of amateurs that watch that and this and that. Well, whenever he's betting, you, you bet the, the phones are ringing the next day, and of course. That's just that's an amalgamation of, of all the public, you know, on certain stocks or what investments, whatever. Same thing with football. Once ESPN says something and they start trash talking the Cleveland Browns, I'll just make this up. The Cleveland Browns number drops a little bit, you know. But here's the key: is I think I think it's very important. Timing is the key here because you've got to let the market make that mistake adjustment and then then buy, you know, when they buy low, sell high, you know. So so. When the whole world is against a, a, on a certain t side, I, I, let, let me give you one. Let me give you one uh, um, maybe exception. And actually, this is one thing I'm very worried about. Uh, the Oakland Raiders this year. Everybody and their grandmother is against the Raiders. Nobody has any faith in the Raiders. That line is was five and a half for months, for a couple of months. And I, I bet under five and a half. By the way, I don't see with that coach that. Sure. Uh, it, it's a that's a horrible organization. Just an absolute mess of a team. The worst coach team in football. Nobody wants to go there as a free agent. The least amount of talent. Worst yeah, drafting. There's just nothing there for the Raiders to tell me they're going to go six and ten. But the whole world is against is is on this. So does that mean that you should be a contrarian and bet on the Raiders? Um, see, this is this is where I'm saying you know fundamentally you you, you got to pick your spots. I, I I can't pull the trigger on the Raiders. Yeah, but like a team like the Raiders, though, is a very public team with a rabid fan base that I could see enough people, enough fans of the team betting the over at least where Vegas is, uh, like where a more savvy or a shark like yourself, Nolan, would 
have no problem still betting the under on that win total because it's such a public team, and I bet there is a lot of public money going to the over of them because they've got such a following. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it's, you think that's still true? I don't know. I think that was true 10 years ago or when Al Davis was alive. But, you know, I, I, you may be right. There's still a lot of diehards out there. That's possible. You know, the, funny, the funniest thing is sort of in kind of comparison to this, uh, my friend Bill Edler, who is without question – the best college football better there is probably in the world. I mean, he's unbelievable. And the amount of times he would say to me, "Am I still there?" Yeah, you're still there. Good. I heard a bad beat. But anyways, the amount of times he would say, he would say we would have we would be betting a game, say like uh, Nebraska's playing somebody, and they're like 44 point favorites, and the total's like 53, and we'd bet Nebraska and the under. And I always thought, how retarded is this? How can they cover that kind of a spread and go under? And I'll tell you what. We won those things so often. So I mean, I, I, I mean, like it's. I, I, I think that you can take these bets that you just think have no shot if they're, if they truly are the right way to go. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but I think Oakland sucks because I'm a Bronco fan, so I hate Oakland. So <laughs> they do suck, though. I don't think we're getting a lot of disagreement on that. So, Nolan, uh, you, you were talking about props and uh, how there's no way to really make money on the side props. Uh, give us one side bet that you think you can make some money on. Which well, let me, let me back up for a second and issue a little bit of a correction. What I'm saying is long run. Sure. I don't, I don't think that there's – I think it's very, very, very difficult to, to make, to make a, a lot of money betting betting NFL sides exclusively. That's what I mean to say. Sure. Anybody thinks they can go out there and just bet sides, you, you've got to have more on your plate than that. Or you're, you know, because the best in the world, maybe it's 55%. Maybe. And that, that that's that's a hell of a... Anybody that says they hit 65% in the NFL, unless they're betting two games or three, whatever the number is, you know, if, if you're betting a fair amount of games, you're not hitting 65%. That's a liar or that's somebody who's just running very, very well for a short period. Right. So that being... That being said, I think it's very important to back up and say one very quick thing. A lot of the a lot of the lines that come out on both pro, pro and college sports are based on what power rankings, right? Uh, and these are basically statistically driven charts. Of, and I don't need to get into what it all is. Most people understand what these things are. I, I think one thing that's very underrated that that gamblers can still take advantage of in spots is the big M word, which is motivation. Uh, there are certain weeks, there are certain teams, there are certain games, historical patterns, uh, scheduling uh, elements, uh, and so forth, where motivation is an enormous, enormous factor. And I'll give you an example. How many times do we see a, a, a vastly inferior team, a team we know is not as good as a, as, as a powerhouse, that the, 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 the bad team out, wins, beats, beats the good team outright? Why is that? It's not based on talent, is it? No, it's not based no. on talent. It's based on motivation. So my thing is, is I think you've got to find two quick things here. Motivation, anti-motivation, in other words, a team that's in a lapse or, you know, maybe they're coming off a couple of big wins. It's very difficult to sustain momentum over the long haul. Also, a team that got embarrassed the previous week. Right. Bet on that team probably next week because they don't want to get embarrassed again. I agree with the embarrassed one, but I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure. I think that the that the the bad teams beat the good teams because of, of their motivation. Um, I think that's probably more related to uh, the good teams just taking for granted and, uh, and and you know don't prepare. They're like how can we ever lose this game? They they do a poor week of preparation. They don't and they they take half an effort into a game. And if if you're 
quite a bit worse, but you're giving a 100% effort in preparing for the game, and the other team's only giving 50%, then I, then I think you're going to stand a pretty good chance. So back to the original question, the prop. Nolan, your big prop for the year. Well, um, I, I don't know if I really have a, a, a prop for the year. That, that, that means it's a futures bet. And sure. I, I think futures bets are generally for suckers. I mean, I don't mean the season win totals, but things like team to win the Super Bowl and you see the you know, the Colts at 12 to 1 or something. Those, those numbers are so bad. I mean, the house is just ripping you off for about 25%, you know. Uh, uh, and they've got this Adrian Peterson, should he win the rushing title? Right. Drew Bees, will he lead the league in passing yards? They have a lot of things like that. Uh, I, I don't particularly like any of those things. I just think the house eats, eats too much juice. However, when I'm speaking about propositions, I like certain things. Like I like a lot of first quarter betting. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I like first half betting, too. Here's an example of, of something that probably no one's caught on to yet. San Francisco 49ers. Probably one of the better teams in the NFL, no, no question about that. A team that also tends to cover the spread. This is a horrible first quarter team. I'm not so sure why this is. If you go back and look at since Kaepernick has started, I think they've gone two and nine in the first quarter. And by the way, they're always laying points. It's interesting because they're a good team. Right. They're always Kaepernick laying is going to get better and better though with Harbaugh as his coach too. Though. Well, he's not getting better because they went zero and four or whatever, zero and three in the playoffs in the first quarter. Sure. So what I'm suggesting to you: watch this line when it comes out. 49ers are going to be favoring the first quarter every game. But whatever it is, it takes this. Maybe it just takes them a series or two to get warped. I don't know. But I don't know how you can argue with the record. And the fact is you're getting points. Obviously, I'm not going to bet on some horrible team getting the I want some team that's halfway balanced here. Maybe the Packers is that team this week. Packers are probably getting a half point. I, I don't know. That's four, the line's four and a half. I'm guessing the Packers are probably a half point minus 120, somewhere in there. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep riding that anti anti-San Francisco 49er first quarter bet. I'm going to keep riding that train until it crashes. <laughs> I'm going to bet I'm going to bet the Niners first quarter every game this season. <laughs> but listen, here, I actually am going to make you handicap. Right now, I'm going to actually put you in front of you. Right here, I'm going to make you handicap something that you actually might know something about since you spent 20 hours a day there for seven weeks. I want you to tell me who you think the top three finishers in the World Series of Poker in November is going to be. Love it. First, second, I can't third. That, I, 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 I'm an official with the tournament. I can't be making this prediction. You can still, you can still say what you think. Um, Ty Stewart says what he thinks everywhere in the world. He's always <laughs> Seth Polanski told people to vote with their feet. You can say whatever the hell you want with the World Series. <laughs> well, I'll say one thing. It's not going to be Gavin Smith. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He didn't make dinner break on day one. But he lasted a fuck of a lot longer than Troy Nolan Dollar. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'll go out on a limb a little bit here. I, I, I don't think you can argue with J.C. Tran's experience. I, 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 somebody I've watched closely. I, I mean, a play, you know, I, I have to, I have to go with the players I've watched. I, I haven't watched all nine that closely, but I think Amir Leavitt is, is a is a is a player. I think this I think this guy has game. I think he can adjust to any situation. Not in the best chip position, uh, certainly, but but I think Amir Leavitt is, is is a player. You know, for the money, that's probably the person I'd bet on. Okay. I'll tell you what. I recently played uh, with Ryan Reese. I don't know if I said his name right or not. But Reese I'll, the I'll, Beast, I'll yeah. Anyways, and uh, he's a cocky little bugger. And he's a confident little guy. And he can, and, well, he's not little, but he's, he's, he's cocky and he's confident. And, uh, and he's got some talent. 
I, I'm thinking this kid's got a shot to do something. But, of course, you know, I do believe J.C. Tran is the best player at the table, and he's got the most chips, and that's a really hard combination to beat. But I, I think if I was going to take a flyer, I'd be jumping on this Ryan Reese kid. And, Gavin, you, you left out one important thing. J.C. Tran also has the best breasts. Spectacularly breasted J.C. Tran. <laughs> okay, well, we've got to wrap this up, but Nolan... Thank you. I, I want to do this more with you over the course of the NFL and college football season. And uh, the, problem, the problem with a Nolan Dahl guest on, on a half an hour podcast is you could literally get sit here and talk for six hours with Nolan Dahl and you'd never even know that it, it happened. It would I know. So, it would be so great. So it sucks to only get you for half an hour. Nolan. So thank, the, you thank, thank you for that. And I feel the same way. I feel like maybe talking a little too much, uh, but, but maybe next time... Uh, Yeah, well, no, we'll, we'll we'll set something up a little bit more regular because, uh, uh, you know, as Gavin and I always discuss, we don't like talking just poker, and uh, this is this is I think a little bit more up our conversational wheelhouse anyway. So it's a lot more fun, but Nolan's exactly the same way. Like if you read if you read Nolan's blog, which I did, I don't know why I do too. I wasted a lot of my life reading his damn blog. <laughs> If you read his blog, he'll, he'll be the first guy to tell you, don't come and tell me a poker story. I've heard all those stories. Come and tell me about a great bottle of wine you drank, or come and talk to me about a sports game that you watched, or come and talk about the weather. But Nolan's the first guy to tell you that he's uh, he's been around poker so long he can't stand talking poker. <laughs> well, well I, 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 let, me, let me leave on this point. I love what Gavin just said there. And gentlemen, you, you, you know, I appreciate you, you three. We've known each other a while. And I think that, again, it's that thing about poker's a game of people, and I, 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 there's a lot of very interesting personalities in this game, and unfortunately, the game has, has changed in the sense of, you know, the, the earphones and the hoodies and the sunglasses, and we're, we're dehumanizing our, our game, and I, I think it's horrible. I think it's absolutely a, a travesty. And, and uh, you know, let's, let's, let's take off the glasses. Let's start talking to each other again. Let's have fun. Let's tell jokes. Let's have well, that, that, brings up an interesting, that brings up an interesting comment that we talked about before. You, uh, you mentioned that you were going to go and read Marco Valerio's uh, comment column where he actually brought up that exact statement that you said that if you wear it don't apply we don't want you um how do you feel about that the, the column that was written there and and and, and you know defend yourself because i kind of felt like he attacked you a little bit there too that, yeah that's all right i don't mind that i mean you know, if you dish it out you got to be able to take it and that's fine that's and by the way i never take anything personally really when you talk about these things because i think that a discussion is always good of course i'm never the first to say that you know i'm always right i always know you know, I, I've been around this game a while. I think I know a lot of things, but boy, there's a lot I don't know. And, and I've had a lot of people set me straight. And they'll, they'll make a convincing case as to why I was wrong. Or you know, I, I think that's very, very important is to acknowledge that this is an evolutionary process. This is a changing game. What you think today is maybe not the way you'll think tomorrow or a year from now. That is the way it is. And, and if you're incapable of changing, then it sucks to be you because then you're not growing. So, so my whole philosophy is this, is that put it out there, discuss it. One thing I will say for Marco, I don't ever have a problem with somebody who's got balls. So I just put, want to put it out there. The problem with the poker media is it, it doesn't have balls. It doesn't have people that are very few exceptions, Nolan. This problem I've had with it for a while, too. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, Chops, you've been out there, too. You've got balls. You've always had them. You've been doing something different from day one. I, I applaud you. That's why I, re that's why I like your stuff. I think Marco deserves, whether you agree with him or not, I like it when people say what they think. I agree with that. One thing I appreciated about Marco was that the fact that he was very, very open and willing to come on the show, even though he, he 
kind of felt like he was coming into a hostile environment, environment you know, and I don't think it necessarily was. No. He came on our show to say his piece, and I give him respect for that because, uh, you know, a lot of people would just shy away from, from what could look like an ambush. Absolutely. So that, that was cool. And, I mean, and I, I obviously know that I dish out more than anybody in the game, so I, I, I have to take a few shots. But I also don't know. Oh, sexy son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, that's a good way to end, Gavin. Uh, let's uh, let's plan on having Nolan back as a guest again in the very near future. Nolan, again, thank you, and uh, we'll have you on again soon. It was a great pleasure and a great honor, gentlemen. I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye bye.